Blog Talk Radio. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. One, two, one, two, one, two, Again, it is Tuesday night, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That could only mean one thing. It's time for the best radio show on Sports Talk Radio, the place where sports opinions collide. This is Dead End Sports, and I am your host, 12 Kyle. Again, uh, Dead End Sports, the place where sports opinions collide. We ask that you not just listen to the show. Be a part of the show. Make sure that you tell a friend to tell a friend. Uh, hit us up on Twitter, at Dead End Sports. Um, like I said, Right here, we rarely agree, but this is the place where the sports opinions collide. Um, we're going to be bringing it to you each and every Tuesday night right here on Blog Talk Radio. Oh, remember, this show is being broadcast live, so in the event you miss any parts of the show, check out the archives at blogtalkradio.com backslash dead end sports. So without further ado, let's get started on tonight's show. Um, <clears throat> let's bring in tonight's co-hosts. You know them from uh, Dead End Hip Hop. Let's bring in the fellas. Uh, let's bring in Ken, Beezy, and uh, FIFO. Fellas, what's going on? What up, what up, what up? What's good? Yo, 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 yo. Man, trying to fight off this cold, man. I apologize for the sound. <laughs> oh, no, you good. I can tell you, you you, you sound like you have something. I was like, well, you don't sound too good right now. Yeah, man. I'm not even doing my show tomorrow, man. I'm just, I, but I, I had to do this one, though. I, I couldn't miss it. <laughs> you guys ready to talk some sports, man? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Of course. It's a lot going on tonight, man. Oh, well, definitely, basketball definitely. Basketball season kicked off, you know. Yeah, yeah. Basketball season tipping off, man. Um, Bulls and uh, and the Heat. Uh, the Heat opening up the opening ceremonies, uh, the ring ceremony. And um, last I checked, it was at halftime, and they were blowing them out. Um, I don't know. It looked pretty good from what I could see. Looking like the same old Heat. Uh, this is Dead End Sports. Once again, I am your host, 12 Kyle, and this is Dead End Sports. Uh, so as we get started on tonight's show, let's uh, let's let's backtrack. We're going to talk about this past weekend sports. Um, we're going to touch on some NBA, definitely some uh, NFL, and um, we're also going to hit the um, NBA as well as it tips off tonight um, with three games on tap for this evening. Um, let's start. Let's back up. Let's go back to uh, college football. Um, what stood? And I'll start with you first, Ken. What stood out to you this past weekend uh, in in college football? Um, gosh, man, I, I, you know, I don't know if anything really stood out for me this this week. Um, it was a lot of okay, blowouts. Hold on, hold on. Got some, somebody got some feedback or something? Somebody moving around? Oh. Yeah, I, I, I hear something. Yeah, I hear that too. I I don't think it's me though. Nope. <laughs> I ain't me. <laughs> it ain't me. I'm, I'm it's usually Ken. No, yeah, it's usually Ken. I'm in the clear this time, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, man, nothing really stood out, man. I think everybody kind of kind of did what they needed to do this weekend. Um, I, Clemson struggled struggled again, but and uh, 
But other than that, I mean, they they seem to right the ship and and got things back on track. I mean, <clears throat> you know, like I've been talking for the last few weeks, them them boys at FSU look look extremely good. Um, if anything, I was surprised that Oregon State jumped into second place um, a bit, but I think they did beat a ranked opponent last week, so I can see that factoring into the computer's decision to move them ahead of Florida State. And Florida State has two ranked-up matches coming up, so that could uh, that could switch by the time the season's over with. But uh, but nah, man, people just people just took care of business, man. That that was pretty much it. Hmm. Okay. What about you, B? What what stood out to you this past weekend in college football? Freaking Duke football, B. <laughs> like Duke, Duke football. football. We're not talking about Duke basketball. We're talking about Duke football beating the 14th ranked in the country, Virginia Tech. That yeah. That's what I feel like a sore thumb. Like a sore thumb. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think this is Duke. I think first time, I think they're going to have a winning season for the first time, I think, a oh, back-to-back winning season in school history, I think, with that win over Virginia Tech, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that stood out. You know, Duke, you know, you think of Duke, the first thing that pops up in your mind is basketball. You know, you don't never mm-hmm. think right. of them as a, a really prestigious um, football team. So, for them to be, for, to have that happen and to be a 14th ranked in-conference school, hey, that stood out for me like a short time. Hey, B, I want to add to that, man, because I just pulled that up. And, and uh-huh. let me add to just the fact on how they beat them. Because looking at this, they were 0-4-11 on third downs. Yep. Uh, they only had 198 yep. yards of offense compared to 387. Yep. And the time of possession was 39 minutes to 20, and they still yep. won the game. Wow, man. Yes. Wow. Yes, that's crazy, dude. That is crazy for that. Easily for me, easily stood out like a fourth time. Hmm. Right. Definitely, definitely. <clears throat> what Everybody. about you, B? I mean, um, what about you, FIFA? What stood out to you this past weekend in college football? Man, first and foremost, I want to say shout out to Brandon Chubb. You know, Wake Forest linebacker, he is the homie. So I just want to shout him out first. Um, and that's exactly where I'm going. Wake Forest, Miami. You know, Miami being the number seventeen. You know, only beating Wake Forest by three. You got Florida State coming in next week. Hopefully they can really get focused because, like Ken's been saying the past couple weeks, FSU is for real. Right. <laughs> hey, that quarterback, he does, he's not by, – by age, he's a freshman, but by his character, his demeanor, you know, everything on the field – he, he plays beyond his years, man. And if uh, Miami don't get on point and on track, that's going to be their first L of the season. <laughs> definitely, definitely, man. I think one thing that stood out to me, uh, um, Missouri, man. Missouri uh, going down to South Carolina. Uh, South Carolina was up. I mean, excuse me, Missouri was up and had to lead and um, eventually blew the lead against South Carolina. Um came down to, you know, the game going into overtime and then double overtime, and uh, South Carolina goes up, kicks field goal, and the kid, you know, has a chance to kick a, I mean, a, a chip shot, and it hits the freaking uprights, man. I mean, anybody that knows me and follows me on Twitter, you know, I have this hate-hate relationship with kickers. I mean, come on, man. All you got to do is <laughs> kick the ball. I mean, that's all it is, and trust me, as a former college football player, Kickers do nothing in practice but kick, you know, and, and that's and that's that's what they're there for. They're there to kick the ball. 
That being said, I mean, if the kid missed a 50-yarder, I could probably cut him some slack. But, I mean, I think it was like a 30-yard kick, and it hit the upright. And, you know, Missouri had been one of those teams that, you know, really was shocking a lot of people in the SEC. Uh, and, and they were, I think, number five at the time in the nation. So, um, you know, to lose like that at home, you know, it was a heartbreaker for them. You know, it was a big win for, uh, you know, Steve Spurrier, the old ball coach, and, and the South Carolina Gamecocks who were fighting their way back up uh, in the uh, SEC. Um, so that stood out to me, just being able to or not being able to hold a lead um, at home uh, for Missouri. That was that was huge for me. Um, but I think the, the people, the, the powers that be in the BCS, those games they kind of bank on because, you know, that way you don't have all of these undefeated – because, you know, they, the last thing the NCAA wants is a bunch of undefeated teams at the end of the season because, mm-hmm. you know, especially teams that aren't playing each other because now you got to – you know, without a playoff system, you have to determine – you have to let a computer decide who goes where and plays whom. Yep. So yep. I think, you know, the, B, the the BCS people, they breathe a, you know, a little sigh of relief, you know, when a team like Missouri, who you probably didn't expect to be undefeated at this point in the season – you know, to knock off, uh, to be knocked off from the from the beaten the, from the ranks of the unbeaten. So I thought that was key as well. Um, right now, you're listening to Dead End Sports. Dead End Sports. Follow us at Dead End Sports on Twitter. Uh, make sure you check out the show. We're broadcasting live each and every Tuesday night at 9:30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, now let's flip it over to the NFL. Um, FIFA, I'll start with you. Uh, what what stood out to you this past weekend in the NFL? What what uh, what what drew your eye this past weekend? Oh man, um, for me, you know, I've always had a theory with uh, Peyton Manning, and, and, and mm-hmm. I think this I think this for me played into the reason why he didn't choose the Forty ers He struggles against NFC defenses. Okay, and, and I think by him picking, you know, going to to the sticking in the AFC, it allowed him to to have that familiarity with those defenses and he's able to toy with them because again like last year how Atlanta confused him for three and a half quarters mm-hmm. we saw what the Redskins were able to do in that first half he, you know it, it was not the machine they, they actually slowed him down but once Peyton Manning gets a, a feel and a rhythm of what you want to do it, it, it's his game over and I remember the begin- like way early on Ken and B were just saying, hit Peyton Manning. And, and he got hit. He's getting hit. But, you know, he's right. coming a little bit back down to earth. You know, he is throwing a couple picks here and there. You know, but he's still throwing four touchdowns a game. You know, he's still getting the ball moved down field. And it doesn't matter, man. He's Peyton Manning. It doesn't matter what you do to this guy. He's going to figure it out. And his teams are always going to only have maybe two or three losses a, a year when they're healthy. So, you know, Do you think they've kind of, I don't want to say figured him out, but have a, a blueprint, if you will, uh, against him? Or is it just the, the fact that he doesn't see these defenses, particularly the NFC defenses, uh, on a regular basis? I think that's exactly what it is. He just doesn't see them as often. You know, think about playing with the Colts. He saw Patriots twice. Right. Or at least once a season. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you see certain teams, like the Ravens. He had the Ravens number. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, like he just he he has a feel for those defenses, and I don't think that with the NFC he has the same type of feel because he struggles a lot of times against those. 
you know, obviously struggling for Peyton Manning is like a career day for most quarterbacks, but I'm, right. you know, in, in retrospect of, of, of who Peyton Manning is. Definitely, definitely. What about you, uh, B? What, what stood out to you with the NFL this past weekend? <clears throat> oh, man. I can't believe you asked me that. Of course. Megatron <laughs> going off. <laughs> Megatron <laughs> going off for 329 reception yards, seven yards away from breaking the single uh, single game record and, you know, uh, reception yards, man. He went off, I think. I don't know if he was fueled by Dez Bryant making a comment about – because, you know, Calvin Johnson is like a real quiet, humble dude. Real so, quiet dude. Yeah, you know, so I don't know if, if the Dez Bryant comment kind of got under his skin or whatever, and he was like, look, I'm about to I'm about to show him, you know, who why I'm called Megatron and why I'm the best receiver in the game or whatever. He went off. I, I didn't even think he was going to go off on that. Like, 329 reception yards? Like, dude, like at some point – and I was watching the game because I, when I when I saw the schedule, I was like, if it's anybody I want us to beat, I want us to beat Dallas Cowboys because I, oh, I never could sit, I never could stand Dallas Cowboys even now, since I've been watching football as a kid. I hated Dallas Cowboys, so every time we play them, I'm like, man, please, please let us beat them, and we beat them. It was a tight game, close game, and I'm glad we, we pulled back and, and got that final victory before our halfway point at the at the bottom. We got going going in five and three, so. I'm Megatron. That's what stood out for me. He balled out against Dez Bryant. So yeah, I mean, that's that was easy. What up? Hey, you know how you say you never look at the Cowboys? I'm right there with you. But I'm but I think I talked for most people when they said they could tolerate the Cowboys when Dion was there. No, I, I didn't like him at all. <laughs> you didn't? <laughs> <laughs> no, I hated the Cowboys. I the Cowboys lose every game every year. <laughs> Me too, man. And, I, yeah. and I, it's like it's like for the past decade, man, they always so overhyped and they don't win nothing, man. Like it's like they overhyped the Cowboys every for like the past decade, I say. And you know what? You know what? The thing that stands out to me about the Cowboys is, and, and I can I can put my hate aside and say, you know, one through fifty three, they had the last four or five years, they've had some of the best talent, top to bottom in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and for doing them doing not to get anywhere with it, yeah. you know, that, that says yeah. a lot. Yeah. You know, you know oh, what? Yeah. Look, look, look. I, I've been telling Ken this for forever. And I think that this season is the epitome of that, right? There's no way that you score 48 points and lose a game. There's no way that you have Detroit down the way that you did and you lose the game. So, obviously, Kyle, you just referenced their roster. And their roster is a top five, top ten roster in the league. Why are they losing? So where does it start? It starts at the very top. Jerry Jones is the problem. Mm-hmm. He is the problem. He's not a football guy. He's not. He's not. A, he's not a football expert. He's more of like, a business guy. And like, why? Why did Jerry General comment over oh, Deion Sanders was shut down? Calvin Johnson. I, I saw that. Man, I saw that. that don't that don't matter. Calvin Johnson lifted y'all asses up for three hundred twenty nine yards. He came back and won. Shut up, Jerry Jones. Ah. I hate Dallas Cowboys. The only person, the only person I ever liked in Dallas Cowboys when Jimmy Johnson was coaching. I like yep. Jimmy Johnson, <laughs> but I, I like can't Lerber. stand. <laughs> I still can't stand Dallas Cowboys though. <laughs> Golly. Oh, well, people, I, I think, I, and I hear you. I hear what you're saying about them scoring what forty something. Like you're, you're talking about the Denver game, right? Mm-hmm. Because if, if, the problem with with that statement is that they were trailing the whole game, so they had to put up forty five points. 
So I can see them leading that game by putting up 40-plus and then losing it. But when you're trailing and you have to come back to take the lead, I think that kind of changes that situation again. I, I, I totally agree with everybody. I definitely think that the Cowboys, which is why I picked them to have a better year, and I thought they were going to be my sleeper <laughs> team this year. I, I really did, man. They have everything they need except the coach. And and, and it, it's clear as day as it has been last year as it is again this year. That Jason Garrett is just not the right coach for that team. But, just but, period. But Ken, but Ken, can I make the argument that because of how involved Jerry Jones is, like I, I think he just needs to step back and handle the finances and the business of the Dallas Cowboys, hire a GM or a coach GM guy that is handling football just like Jimmy Johnson did. You see what I'm saying? That's when they won. They didn't win with him being the GM. They've been the overhyped team B's been talking about. And to get a top flight coach, the the owner just has to be the owner. Look at Sean Payton. You know what I'm saying? Like like when when you look at the top coaches year after year after year, Belichick, they have complete control over football personnel. You have to give that to the person that is working with them all the time, not a business guy. The business guy is going to want to go for the flash and the bang. That's right. what he wants. He wants to sell tickets. That's the reason why they have a billion-dollar stadium. That's the reason why they have the biggest screen in the NFL. That's why. Let him handle that. But you can't do all that and the football team, bro. You can't. That's your problem in Dallas. You know, I, I think that they earned that hype, you know, in the 90s and, and, and the 80s, right? Agreed, with agreed. With Irvin, uh, Aikman, Emmitt Smith, you know, they earned that right. And, you know, that carried over into the, two, into the, uh, the two, new generation, right, this 2000 period. And, and so what has happened is they became this team – that people started to hate because of the hype. So people started to root against them. And, you know, when, when the, and so I, and I think around that time is when you started to see more and more of, of Jerry Jones because he had to figure out a way to keep the Cowboys alive because, you know, people. No, 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 Ken, Ken, see, 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 now this, now, now this is where the story always gets, a little shady for most people, so let me fill in the gaps. Okay, break it down. Jerry Jones ran Jimmy Johnson out of Dallas. Yep, he, he did. sure did. That's what happened. Jim, Jimmy Johnson, he left five, six Super Bowls there, man. Five, six Super Bowls. They got three, but he left a, quite a few. He is the player personnel. That's what he did before the Dallas job. He did the Miami job. He retooled that whole program. Now he came to Dallas and did the same damn thing. You're winning. Why are you tweaking that? Why are you trying to take the credit for making the player personnel moves? No, you may be brokered the deal, made the money work. But Jimmy Johnson said, we need this guy, we need that guy, we need this guy. Trade this whole team, give me this guy here. Give me all these draft picks. I know who's coming out, when we need to get them. I know who we need to trade for. And on top of all that, I'm going to manage it. 
And mm-hmm. on top of all that, I got crazy dudes that I'm managing. Not just, you know, your prototypical Tom Brady's, you know, Michael right. Tom Tatum here and there. No, we talking Michael Irvin, sniffing Coke. I love Michael <laughs> Irvin. To, 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 yo, that's my dude and you all day. But come on, let's keep it real now. Yeah. Like he handled that through college. He, what the problem is, ever since Jerry Jones made that move, Dallas has been on the decline. So let's yeah. be honest. It starts at the top, Ken. Stop making excuses for the business. I'm not making excuses. Look, I'm not a Cowboys fan, but what I am saying is that who hired Jimmy Johnson? I feel you. All right. Who drafted but, but those players? Who was responsible for acquiring the players that won them those Super Bowl titles? Jimmy, Jimmy uh, Jerry Jones. Now, granted, Jimmy he Johnson. stepped in. Oh, wow. He, 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 okay. he, okay, okay. Look, I won't give him full credit for drafting all those players. But what I will say is that he hired Jimmy Johnson, who in turn turned around and won them Super Bowls. Now, granted, after those Super Bowls happened, it's just like what people are saying is the biggest threat to Miami right now, right? Is, uh, is, 10, 10. Let me pause you right there. Because me and you, we both work for Corporate America, right? Uh, yep. Right, we both work for Corporate America. And the problem with Corporate America, being on the inside, me and you, we know that upper management has their hand in too many damn things, right? If you take them away and let the, 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 the Indians manage themselves and come up with the strategies to better efficiently move things along, it'd be a lot better, right? Same but thing here's the thing, people. Man. His hand is too much in the football operation. But his hand was in it when they won the Super Bowl. But the, th- but the thing about it is, and, and I, I got to agree with, with FIFA on this, Ken, I think what FIFA was saying is that, yeah, it, he he was he was his hand was involved, but, you know, I think people dis- dismiss how much Jimmy Johnson played a role in the success that they've had, and they haven't had that kind of success. And and think about it. I mean, they've had some 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 decent coaches there. I mean, I think Jason Garrett is a, a is a coordinator. I don't think he's a head coach. But I mean, you look at a guy like Parcells. You know, Jerry Jones and Parcells are going to butt heads all day long because you know Parcells is a very stern guy who wants things done a certain way. And it, you know, you can't be the owner and the GM. It just it, it doesn't work like that. I mean, you got to have the right people in place. And I think for Dallas to be where they are, you know, that they're lack, that with the talent that they've had and that they have on their roster and had over the last couple of years, you know, it says a lot about where they're not going. And they're not going far. And this team that they have right now is still not going far. I mean, no, no matter how much talent they have, they're still not going really, really Ten, ten, ten. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me stick this one in here because cause, cause this, is, this is the head chopper right here. Because you was going <laughs> to the Miami Heat, right? You was going to the Miami Heat. You, you was going to make a reference to the Miami Heat. The owner of the Miami Heat, Nicky Arison, which owns Carnival Cruise Lines, which is a billionaire, after they won the championship, what did he say? He said, you know what I do in all my businesses? I hire the top people, and I move myself out the way so they can do their job because I'm paying them. Right, and, and I feel you on that. And, and, and the point I was going to make with bringing up the Miami Heat is that what happened with the Jimmy Johnson is that I mean with with Jerry Jones is that he got cocky after those Super Bowls because of his personnel decision to bring Jimmy Johnson, his his buddy, on board. 
So, he, you know, he's sitting back and be like, look, I did that. I brought him on, and because I brought him on and because we sat down and we figured out who we want to draft on this team, I'm directly responsible for that in some kind of way. So, yeah, you're right. He wanted to be the face of the organization because at, the, at that time – he was so. Yeah, I am making your argument for you. But what I am, what I'm, what I'm trying to say is that, is that, is it really Jerry Jones's fault? And I don't think it's Jerry yes. Jones's fault, man. I think yes. only because he yes. hired the. I think no, no, because no, no, no. I think he hired the wrong coach and Jason Garrett. He's not coaching the team. But Ken, okay, wait, wait, wait. But him and Bill Parcells didn't make out on the best of terms. Why? Is how pointed out. Look, you cannot, you cannot emasculate the head man of a football team and think that your season is going to work out. You just can't do that. Your head coach should, in conjunction with the GM, make most of the personnel like like they should be weighing in about seventy five to eighty percent on the personnel decisions. You know what I'm saying? Unless the unless the owner is like yo, like I I don't want to deal with another knucklehead, but on talent alone, evaluation of who we're picking up, that should be coach and GM, bro. What what does the owner know? The owner made money billions of dollars on the business end. You are not a football talent evaluator. That's not right. your job. You pay people for that, man. Yeah, but let, look, let's be real. Uh, what did what did what did uh, Parcells have to work with? Right, he, he didn't have much. He, but the thing is, he found Tony Romo. Yeah, he found so Romo. Free agent. He did find Romo, but at that point, wasn't he out of the league? At the, I mean, didn't he have one season with Romo? Because before no, then, he, who, who he did he have? Did he when, the Romo actually, when they actually named Romo the starter, I mean, because Romo wasn't the initial starter. Romo was a guy that they was you know. Yeah, it was Bledsoe, right, right, right. So, you know, and he, you know, and I remember Parcells, I distinctly remember him saying, you know, don't anoint this kid. And he kept calling him kid. He's like, don't anoint this kid. He's not, he's not, he's not there just yet. And he, Parcells basically kind of came under the, the mindset of just because he's a quarterback with a star on his helmet, that doesn't mean that he's going to be the next superstar around here, even though people were ready to, you know, kind of thrust him into that title. So it's a, it's a it's a definitely it's it's a good very good argument that we have right here. Like I said, this is the place where sports opinions collide. You're listening to Dead End Sports once again. I am your host, Twelve Kyle. I'm joined by my co-host. You know him from Dead End Hip Hop, my man B, my man FIFO, and my man Ken. And we ask that you not just listen to the show, be a part of the show, participate in tonight's discussion. You can jump into the chat room. The chat room is always open and interactive. Just create a profile for yourself. Jump in there and participate in tonight's show. Make sure that you tell a friend to tell a friend that 12 Radio is on the air again. Um, excuse me, I'm sorry, Dead, Dead End Sports on the air again. 12 Radio is tomorrow night. Um, since we're on the topic of the uh, Cowboys, um, I want to get into the Des Bryant situation. Uh, as you all know, Des Bryant made some comments earlier in the week, oh, uh, last Lord. week leading up to the game. Um, he said that you know he said that he could do what Calvin Johnson could do, um, and subsequently kind of put himself in the position of asking you know who is better, Des or Calvin, and that was the discussion for uh, you know the. For the excuse me for the week, so the question I have for you guys: uh, We saw his outburst. He had two major blow-up meltdowns on the sidelines, um, like a little kid. Uh, one was after 
after an interception, I think, or after, I'm sorry, after Romo didn't hit him on a pass play, uh, we listened to the, the audio came out today via NFL film, and it back, it kind of supported what he was saying was that he was, you know, not necessarily being demonstrative, but kind of going to Tony Romo saying, hey, I'm open, this type of thing, the kind of coverage they were going against. And then the second outburst he had was uh, with uh, Jason Witten toward the end of the game just after Detroit had scored, um, shouting match or what have you on the sidelines. Um, so the question I have for you guys, and I'll start with you first, Ken, was Des Bryant right or wrong for his outburst on the sideline during the game and why? Oh, man. <clears throat> okay, I've, I've I've heard a lot of different opinions on this, a lot of different takes on it. And um, I don't think he was wrong, Kyle. I think he, he's absolutely right. I think yep. he was playing with – I don't with, think he was wrong either. With with passion, and um and I and I and I think this this dives into a bit of a social issue, and I won't really go too far into that. Okay. But whoever T.O. was kind of right. You see a black man yelling and fussing and are you know doing all these 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 uh these animated ac- actions on, on the sideline, and you have an angry black man. But Tom Brady, <laughs> how many times have he cussed out somebody? And oh, he's now he's passionate. He wants to win. He wants to do this, that, and the other. So there's a little bit of a double standard there um, that's associated with that. Now, obviously, everything that preceded this game led up to people keeping the cameras on Des Bryant and seeing how would he react when he wasn't getting the targets or he wasn't making plays. Granted, he made two hell of a plays. He balled his ass off. If I'm Des Bryant. And I sat there on the sideline, and I watched my defense give up a 40-yard strike to Chris Durham, and then I saw a guy get catch another pass. He, he first of all, he already has 300 something yards on you, or close to it. Why do you not have three or four guys on him? He probably still would have caught it, but still, why do you not have anybody over there? And if I'm Des Bryant on the sideline, those are the type of things that I'm saying to myself. Why are we backing off and giving them a shot to win? So if I'm Des Bryant, I am pissed off. Now, should he have composed himself a little bit and say, you know what, we're only down by one. Let me focus. Let me try to go up and make a play to get us within field goal range. Maybe I could draw a pass interference, you know, on the defender or something. Let me at least give it one more go, and then I'll go off. You know, granted, he could have done that. But the fact of the matter is this. I made one hell of a catch in the first half, and then I caught a 50-yard bomb. My stats don't compare to him. The hills only in the fact that I have two touchdowns and I'm directly responsible. He just has the yardages. So, yeah, I, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with what he did. I think it's the case of everything that led up to it, and I think it's also a bit of a social issue with the black man on the sideline having a quote-unquote rant because he wants to yep. win. Yep. I, could, I couldn't agree more. Okay. Dude, well, what, what, what about you, Bree? What, what do you think? Yeah. Kim pretty much took my answer. I mean, it's like, okay, they made a big old fuss about, oh, my God, Des Bryant is going off. He's being so negative. But like like Kim said, man, there's been plenty of times. You see Tom Brady cuss. Like, you can read his lips, and Tom Brady is cussing up the storm, you know, to his dry receivers because Tom Brady threw an interception that the receivers ran the wrong route for it. Okay, so why not? Why why can't Dez Bryant cuss out his quarterback for not throwing him the ball when he ran the when he ran the correct route and he was wide open and he could make plays? So it's like yeah, like Ken said, man, it's a double standard, man. And it's like it's kind of it's kind of terrible, it's kind of bad that that it's being looked up and it got overblown. 
especially on Sports Center that way, where all all this line was was just another passionate football player that wanted to win. He wanted to get the ball in his hands because he felt he was he was the guy that can get them the W. And same thing if it was Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. You see them cutting out their receivers but not running the route and they throw two or three in the session, you're gonna see them turning pink. But you know, Dez Bryant yelling, Oh, it's, it's a negative thing. So yeah, Cam pretty much took the words right out of my mouth. Like, yeah, if, if Tom Brady doing it, oh he's passionate, but if, if Dez Bryant do it, oh, it's a, probably an issue. So yeah, man, get on with that. He he wasn't he wasn't um he wasn't wrong. Okay, okay. What about you, FIFO? What, what's your take on it? Um, honestly, I, I I'm right behind Ken and Deep, but that second outburst, I have to disagree there. And the reason why I have to disagree there, and I'm not even gonna touch that first point because Ken and Deep did a marvelous marvelous job uh, of breaking that down. But on that second rant. When you have Jason Witten, which is an all-pro Hall of Fame tight end, let, let, let's be honest, DeMarcus Ware is going to go to the Hall of Fame as well. And, you know, you, 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 you're you being that type, you know, that demonstrative. We don't know what he said. He wasn't mic'd up at that inopportune time. He, for, for, for DeMarcus Ware, a Hall of Fame player, to have to hold him up and give him the granddaddy look, you know, when, when, when you're a little baby and, and you, you know you're being bad and granddaddy got to give you that stern look with them eyeballs wide open, when he got to do that, you're not being helpful. See, because right. like, the first rep, when Jason Garrett kind of pushed him away, he didn't push him away forcefully. He didn't have to – he didn't feel like he was being attacked or, or, he, or Des Bryant was attacking anybody. So, therefore, he wasn't putting force to force. But on that second rep, when a big old 6'4", 200 and whatever odd pounds the markers were has to put some muscle to you, bro, you was, you, 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 you was going at something. Right. Maybe you shouldn't have been going at it. Now, again, I didn't hear that second conversation, but I'm going to just go reading off of what I read off of body language. And what I saw, I, I, I didn't like that one. The first one, no, he was absolutely right. He should have, everything he did, was, there was nothing wrong there. And that second one, I, you know, I have to question that. You don't think he was upset, though, though, FIFO? You didn't see anger at the fact that he just played his ass off. And they have to walk away with the L over and over and over again. You know, for, for Dez Bryant, this game meant so much to him in just you, winning it. But you, but you know what, though? I, I 100% feel you because there is, obviously there was a level of frustration there. You know, and he handled it accordingly the first time. The second time, I kind of give him a pass because he's, what, only three years in the league now? You know, he, he, is he considered a veteran right now? Do you consider him a veteran? I nah, still think nah. he's a young player, right? So he's not a composed veteran. He hasn't been here, done that yet. He's doing it right now. It's kind of like the Yasiel Puig thing. He's young. He's exuberant. He wants to win. But the thing is, is that the maturity, you see it because he handled it right at first. So I give him a pass on the second one. But at the same time, this is a learning experience. Now, if we see this again, he has to handle it differently. Because I think we will just, see it again. And, and you know, just to add one more quick thing, you know, um, I, I think he even handled it correctly after the game. I think he owned up to what he did. <laughs> I think he still – huh? 
In the press conference, yes. Not, not, yeah, not yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. It's clear. But I, no. I think um, I, I got to agree with FIFO, man. I, I, I thought he was out of line. I thought it because I understand his argument. I understand his passion. Um, the problem that I have with it all is that if you notice, he came to the sideline. The first thing he did was throw his helmet down. I mean, you're not a freaking three-year-old. You know what I'm saying? You're not six or seven. You're not. You're, you're a grown man. You're. I understand being passionate and, and cannot to your point. I understand. Yeah, this is a game that they've lost. But I mean, you're a part of a you're a part of a 53 man team. Did you see 52 other dudes throwing their helmets around? You know, we didn't see that. So I understand his passion, but there's nobody on that Cowboy sideline that wanted to win. Just as, I mean, everybody on the Cowboy sideline wanted to win, just like he did. You know, it's a way that you handle yourself and compose yourself. And and I agree with FIFO in the point where Jason Witten and where the um, where should not have to calm him down because even if you have I don't care if you have what thirteen fourteen more seconds left in the game you still got to get ready to to go out to the next play I mean and and you still even though it may seem like all hope is lost you still got time on the clock the game is isn't over until is zero zero we've seen strange things happen we've seen you know. Uh, you know, trick plays and stuff like that. You, you never know. You keep fighting until the end. And he lost his cool, lost his head. And they needed, and that's one of the times where they needed him the most. So I think he was out of line. You know, and I know people compared it to T.O. and, um, you know, the angry black man and stuff like that. I, I don't read that much into it. I will say this much as far as the Brady comment, Ken, where I disagree with you. Brady's a three-time Super Bowl champion. He's been to the uh, Super Bowl five times. I'm going to give Brady a pass. And plus, Brady's the quarterback. The quarterback, I, I, the, I'm from the era where the quarterback, he was the only one talking in the huddle. If the quarterback says something, you listen. The quarterback is the coach on the field. So if the quarterback's, I mean, I played receiver. It's not, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I haven't got cussed out by a quarterback before in my lifetime because I have. Uh, but I've also come to the sidelines as well, like Des Bryant saying, hey, man, I'm open. Because I want the ball. I feel like I can help my team every time, you know, we go out there on the field. So, you know, emotions are running high, and I'm pretty sure those guys, they, they, there's no beef between Witten or, or, or Romo or anything like that. Um, I think in the magnitude of the game and the teams that were playing, I mean, if a Cleveland Brown receiver did this, I mean, we probably wouldn't bat an eye. But this was probably, what the, I, I would definitely say, it was the game of the week um, as far as competitiveness. And it was a nationally televised game and a great game on both sides. And, you know, mm-hmm. you got a shout-out to, to B's Detroit Lions, man. I mean, that's what gets lost in the shuffle. The Lions played it. And, and the Lions had, what, four turnovers? It's yeah, rare yeah. that you turn the ball yeah. over that many times in any game. Pop Warner, NFL, college, and still win. So I think, you know, that became the the that became the story. And, and you know, we, what we kind of got lost in the shuffle was the, the you know, the great play from – from uh, Calvin Johnson, and, and I mean, just a phenomenal comeback by uh, Matthew Stafford. And you got you to gotta tip your hats to the Lions, man, because they didn't quit. They had every reason to quit. And that's a game, I'm pretty sure, B, you'll, you'll attest to this as a Lion fan. Yeah. That's a game that, you know, a couple of years ago, the Lions would have found a way to lose. You know, they would have yep. found a way to lose that game. You know, so, um, yeah, you know, over, you got to tip over your hats. 600 total yards, too. They had over 600 total yards, which is crazy. Yeah, so... You know, I, I I hope and pray that this is the first and the last time that something happens like this with Des Bryant. Um, you know, because you don't want to get labeled like that. Because 
you know, when guys get labeled like that, like T.O. and, and Chad Ochocinco, and, and just step outside for a quick second and say T.O. and Chad Ochocinco. I mean, there are teams right now that need receivers that could use their help. But nobody wants to, because once your talent diminishes, nobody wants to deal with that side, those sideshow antics. And you can easily get labeled like that. And that's what I think Des Bryant, I don't want to see him get labeled like that. Because T.O. could play for somebody right now. But nobody wants to deal with the headache that comes with T.O. I mean, you nope. can't tell me that Brady wouldn't take T.O. on his Of course Brady would, but he don't want to, but the, you know, they don't want to deal with the headache. So, you know, it's, you hate to get labeled like that. And, you know, I, so much of your point, Ken, like I said, I, I give Brady a pass. I mean, he's a three-time MVP, so I'm going to give three-time Super Bowl winner. I'm, I'm going to give him a pass as, as a quarterback for yelling and cussing at his receivers. But I get your point. But you know, here again, <laughs> I, I think it's just that's just the position. Kyle, oh man, wow, <laughs> I, man, n- nah, man, no, no. See, there are a lot of athletes, and I think now because we're focusing on Des Bryant because the spotlight is on him, right? There are plenty of times in football week after week or in basketball or even in baseball where we see players get passionate. I don't know if you saw this earlier this year, but David, something happened to David Ortiz, and he came into the – no, was it David Ortiz? It was somebody that played for the Boston Red Sox, and he came in and he destroyed a phone booth. You know, baseball players play with extreme passion. They do the things, the same antics that – as Brian does, when they strike out, they break in bats, and they go in mm-hmm. a pitcher, can't get somebody out, they go in the, in, in the dugout, and they tearing up the dugout. Very unprofessional, right? Playing right. with passionate, right? When people look at them, but they got, you know, but they kind of, you know, get those passes. But because Des Bryant is a black man and an angry black man with a history <laughs> of problems, all of a sudden it's amplified, and that's unfair to him. It's amplified because of he has to now pay for the sins of receivers like T.O. and Chad Ochocinco and Randy Moss, who had a stellar career in New England, who was a role model in New England. The second year after, they didn't even want to throw him the ball. He still didn't really pitch that much of a hissy fit, and they still got rid of him. So I I, kind of – I I disagree with what you said. I don't think he was necessarily out of line. The guy just wanted to win, and I've seen that happen. And the only reason I disagree with you is because I see that happen over and over and over and over again all Mm. the time. And how many times have Kobe been pissed off? But So I think it's the spirit of the competition that drives these guys. And I think because we're, we're, we're caught up in this moment now, because of everything that happened with Des Bryant. And as far as Brady, man, I don't think he deserves a pass just because he got three rings. So are you saying that if he didn't have those three rings, he wouldn't get a pass? I mean, Or because well, he, he, because he had point. three rings, he earned the right? He's the leader. That doesn't give you a right to come on the sideline and throw your helmet down and start cursing everybody out. Well, here's the thing, too. I mean, with the, with, the, with, the, with the way the media is now and everything like that, I mean – I'll be honest. You guys know I coach little league football. We cuss each other. My, me and my other co- my coaching staff. We cuss each other out on our sidelines. <laughs> so, and we're coaching ten year olds. So, I mean, you'll hear a lot on it on a on a on an NFL sideline. The fact that you have cameras and microphones that amplifies things. So, I'm not. I, I don't think that we should probably read more into it than what it really is. What happens on the NFL sidelines? Dudes will 
call. Yeah, I mean, you know, other than dudes coming to blows, you know, it's it's all in competition, man. It's not, and nobody ever takes anything personal. So you're on the sideline cussing out your coaches at at a competitive game. Des Bryant is is kind of pissed off about something that happened, but yeah, he's out of line and you're not. No, no, but Ken, 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 look again. Me and Kyle said the well, at least I know I said the second outburst. And that's the what I'm talking one? about. I'm talking about yeah, the second yeah, outburst. Like the oh, no, second no, no, outburst no. was way was was much worse than the first one. I had yeah. a problem with the first outburst because he came over and slammed his helmet like a little kid. I mean that you just don't do that, man. I mean it's almost like you're showing up. I mean, I understand your frustration, but at the end of the day, you still got to go back out on the field and play. And but that's not going to do his first, and slamming your helmet is not going to solve anything. Right, and I agree with that. If you can't but, contain but, your emotions, then that's a problem. Man, I, I I feel you, but I think sometimes, man, you you know firsthand, man, you just said it, playing these games, you just get caught up. Everybody get caught up in their feelings and their emotions. and 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 it seems to me that, Des Bryant is because we know what he said. He's he's getting a pass. Like he we had, we basically put this man on trial. We put Des <laughs> Bryant on trial until yeah, we had the we audio tape proving that he was yeah. he was right. But you know what? That's not fair to that man. Part, but that part that that kind of, is kind of par for the course as far as now with with like I said with the media and 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 the access that we have. And at the end of the day, we have to, you know, athletes have to keep in mind that, you know, you can't get married when the when the media is shooting bullets at you when, you know, when you gave him the gun. So, you know, there's some culpability on Des Bryant's part as well. You know, should he have been unfairly criticized? No, he shouldn't have been. But part of that, that's, that's part for the course, unfortunately. And that's part of the game where we are right now, especially with, like I said, the, the media and everything like that, the access that we have, because... 10, 15 yeah. years ago, we would have known what was on the side because there wouldn't have been a camera. I mean, there's 10,000 cameras in every arena, every, every you know, every every uh, every game. So, that's just something we have to kind of deal with. Um, yeah. You're listening to Dead End Sports. Once again, I am your host, 12 Kyle. I am joined by uh, Ken, my man B, and my man FIFO. We are Dead End Sports. Make sure you check us out each and every uh, Tuesday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um I want to jump into something real quick. Last week we talked a little bit about um, trash talking. Um, and uh, we had a situation with uh, Brandon Merriweather and Brandon Marshall. Brandon Merriweather from the uh, Washington Redskins and Brandon Marshall from the um, Chicago Bears. Uh, a couple of weeks ago they played um, Brandon Marshall. Excuse me. Uh, Brandon Merriweather uh, was, had two hits against uh, Bears receivers. He was subsequently... Uh, suspended for two games. The suspension was appealed, uh, and he served a one-game suspension. Um, you know, for helmet, helmet-to-helmet contact, unnecessary roughness, what have you. Uh, now he did something that uh, <laughs> is rare. Uh, he got a chance to speak for himself as far as you know <laughs> what he was going to what he was going to do, and he said that he was going to start taking players out. He said, I guess I have to just start taking out ACLs because I can't hit high anymore. You know, I, don't, I try not to go helmet to helmet, but, the, you know, my target points are moving. He's like, you know, the NFL is trying to get fined, and, and, and I'm getting, you know, I'm going to eventually get thrown out of the league. Brandon Marshall uh, last week said that he thought Merriweather should be thrown out of the league. Now, <laughs> Brandon Merriweather got a chance to respond after hearing that uh, that Marshall said that he should be um, suspended. 
So I'm gonna play this audio real quick, and, and let's let's hear what Brandon Merriweather had to say about Marshall's comment on him being uh, suspended. Everybody got their opinion. He feel like you know I need to be kicked mm-hmm. out of the league. You know I feel like people who beat their girlfriends should be kicked out of the league too. You know. So you tell me who you rather have. You know somebody who play aggressive on the field. Or somebody who beat up their girlfriend. You know, everybody got their opinion. So that's mine. That's his. The case I made was, you know, it, I didn't use my head, and any, any, and neither one of the hits. You know, I know everybody, everybody looking at the tape and saying, oh, he's a dirty player. He did, he did, and which, which I get. You know what I mean? But you know, if anybody go look at the tape, you know, I didn't, I didn't use my head and neither hit. Um, and you know, I'm moving on from it. Low, low. Uh, <laughs> he made a comment if you in the audio about players that beat their girlfriends was a direct shot at Brandon Marshall, who had been arrested uh, a couple of times for domestic abuse against his uh, girlfriend, now wife. Um, that was kind of low. I, I didn't really expect Brandon Marshall to respond like that. So the question I got for you guys, I'll start with you, FIFO. Should players who have multiple fines uh, for hits to be suspended for multiple games. Oh, man. Should they get suspended? I, I, I believe so because, you know, concussion is the word in the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's, 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 that's the word of the, of the month, of, of the week, of the year, you know, for the foreseeable future. And they have to do everything they they everything in their power to try to limit those concussions. And Brandon Merriweather, I don't think he's a dirty player, but, you know, he has led with the crown of his helmet, and he has to get fined for that. And, you know, after a couple of fines, yes, you got to start missing games. And if it's that bad, then you got to kick a dude like that out the league because it's not good for business. See, that's something that that's, that's a great point. Good, good for business. That is, that is a great point, FIFO. What about you, Ken? What's your take on it? You know what? I've also struggled with the, the new rules and the way the league is, is kind of taking uh, the NFL because, <clears throat> and maybe just because, you know, it wasn't as publicized as it is now, I wasn't aware of it as I am now. But it seems like they're definitely changing. The, it, it's really difficult for the players to play defense now because the yeah. way they've been taught you know, growing up since Pop Warner, the NFL is but, and and freaking college. No, now it's not, M- no, no, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. These, a lot of these guys in the NFL, they're head hunting. They're head hunting. A lot of them all over the last couple of years, FIFO. Over the last couple of years, maybe not this year, maybe not last year, because we're in this for two or three years now. But when they first start rolling this out, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, these look, look, players. Rodney Harrison, you, Ronnie Lott, 
You 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 run your ass across the middle and no. Yeah, <laughs> no, 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 wait, 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 wait. So what era of football are we are we talking about? Are that's talking what about I'm saying, era? people. That's what I'm saying, and that's exactly what I'm saying. So I have a problem with it because that's the way that football was played, and now all of a sudden the NFL so, want to come in and Roger Goodell want to come in, whoa. and he's trying to he's trying Kenny. to soften up the league a little bit. Ken, wait, 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 wait. You're flying off the handle, man. Somebody need to rope you in, man. Well, I'm not flying off the handle. Because, because, all right, so are we saying that Roger Goodell is solely responsible for changing the NFL from what it was with the Ronnie Lott days to what it is right now? He's solely responsible for Well, Roger Goodell and the owners. Because this is what the owners want as well. But, 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 but Ken, okay, look, look, look. look. As, as technology and time progresses and as the game has progressed, you had to protect your investments because – what is this, Ken? Business. Football. Okay, yeah, it's a business. It was no, no, always no, no, a business. No, 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 no. Ralph was Ronnie Lott was tearing heads off. With Lawrence Ken, Taylor day, was tearing heads off. No, no, Ken. Back in the day, those players were getting paid $5,000 a season, bro. Now, they get paid hundreds of millions of dollars. You are an investment, and I am protecting my investment with all possibilities. Oh, man. Get out of and here, man. You know what, you know what it I'm is, people? This agree. shit started when Brady stepped this little golden boy white ass on the field, and all of a sudden he got touched and he went down. Or or uh, Carson, Carson Palmer when, when he got hit in the knee, and all of a sudden he couldn't play. When people started rolling up, but more importantly, when Brady started to get in touch, you just... And Brady just trip over and fall over a freaking flag. It's a flag everywhere. This is the problem, man. They want to come in here and they're trying to protect the quarterback at all costs. And now all of a sudden, they're trying to roll this out to everybody else, man. You know, like I know, like Kyle know, like B know. Back in the day, this was not a problem. And now all of a sudden, it's a problem because the NFL is making it a problem. Ken, but Ken, but, 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 but look at all of the Jamal Lewis's and all of these players that have multiple yeah. problems because of football, man. They just got yeah, I, I, don't know, I think it's twofold, guys. I, I think both, both like of you are making some great points. Handle. I think part of it is part of it is 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 them trying to create an awareness of you know they don't want mm-hmm. these guys being vegetables you know twenty thirty years from now. But also, yeah, they're, they're protecting their investment. And, and like people said, it's not good for business. It's not – you can't have, um, you know, lawsuits and stuff like that from former players and $675 million, you know, lawsuits and everything like that, settlements, and then having guys knocking each other out on a week-to-week basis. You can't say that you care about con- con- concussions and then having, you know, your league look like this where guys are getting knocked out on the regular. So – but it, 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 it's – but I, it's a part I mean, it's a fine line, man. Football is a brutal sport. It's been like that for years. And the thing, uh, going on your point, Kyle, the thing that trips me out, okay, yeah, these players, they all want to get money because of the concussion. But then if you ask them, would you do it all again? Yeah, I'd do it all again. (laughs) They'll do it all again because guess what? It's a sport. They love it. This is what you want to do. If you feel a guy gave you the time to play football, 
you're going to play football. You know, guess what? If you know you're going to have concussions, if you know you're going to have break, broke, broken bones and, and all that stuff, it's a part of the sport. You know what you're getting, you know what you're signing up for. I mean, but, that, but, but B, and, and I feel you, like broken bones, cut, yeah, cut, cutting your, your thumb off to go play, you know what I'm saying, again. It's a part of the sport, man. It's a part of the sport. I feel all that, but, but it is part of the sport, but at the same time, it's like now – where, where, where that bar was set, like, to pure NFL, brutal NFL football, as the money started rolling in, that barometer has moved more and yeah. it's closer yeah, and closer yeah. to the middle. Because yeah. now it's more and more of a business. So, so I was always, it was, I, I, it was, it was uh, my, my parents was making millions of dollars in the 80s. So, I mean, they weren't, getting, I, they weren't getting paid thousands. They were getting paid but, millions back then. I feel you, but, I mean, but, B, but the league wasn't worth billions either. Yeah. No, but they were still yeah, it's, 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 it's a different day and time. It's and a and like, different like you said, it's, a, it's a business. And at this it's point, you know, how much you, how far, I, I think where Roger Goodell is, yeah. he, he's no, at Roger the point Goodell. where it's like, how far are we going to go to protect our investment? Yeah. Playing flag football? That's what we're going to start doing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with B. I'm with B. That's exactly where we're going to go. That's, that's hey, but I'm, I'm, I'm gonna let y'all in on a little secret. You know what's next? Kickoffs, kickoffs about to go away. That's next. Kickoffs, yeah, you know, because they they, they they did the thing where they moved the kickoffs up where they would where they thought it would be touchbacks. They're about to eliminate kickoffs in, in the next year or two. Watch it happen. They're gonna eliminate man, kickoffs. Man, they might they might start playing flag and start playing two hand touch or something. Man, at this point, yeah. in the next five years, I'm, I'm sick of it. And I, I, I want to touch on something real quick. I want to go back to something the people said and Kyle, because you guys are making the argument that it's a business, right? I want to I want to touch on that. I want to say to this that when these players were contacting the NFL and letting them know that they had problems, that they had problems playing the game that they made money off of, the mm-hmm. NFL turned their back on them. They had mm-hmm. no choice but to sue because the NFL wouldn't listen. Now, if the NFL would have ran it like a business and paid them under the, under the table or took care of the veterans or their alumni, then this wouldn't have been as public as it is That's now. That's a great point. That's a great so, point, so, Ken. So so, so you're saying that as a business, you're supposed to pay your people under the table? No, I'm saying as a business, if they would have taken care of, if they would have taken care of those players when the players brought it to them, when the players, when the, when the player yeah. association or the union came to them and said, "Hey, we have some guys." Um, mm-hmm. Well, what, what's his? Yeah, I can't think of his name now. Running no, back, I, he, came, I got he, you. he could barely walk. When they came to them and said. These are the problems that we're having. We don't have insurance. We don't have this. We don't have this, that, and the other, blah, 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 blah. You know, we're struggling. The NFL turned their backs on them. So you, the you players had to get together but, but, to, but Ken, to sue. But, Ken, you know why, right? Like, like, like we're, we, both, we both live in the environment all day. It's corporate America. It's corporatized. It is money. It is a business. I'm not trying to lose your money for you, struggling ass people. But they have to do it anyway now. Okay, but you won't have to make me do it. I'm not going to do it out of the business of my heart. Oh, okay. So then you want to you want to ruin the product. And let me say this: I don't think they're they're not even changing. Look, the fact that they they change the rules, but we still have concussions every single day, every single week. Somebody's concussed. Ken, Ken. Ken, it's not always about results. Sometimes it's just showing your cards, man. Sometimes it's saying, you know what? We're doing everything we can do. Right. It's still going to happen because it's still a violent sport. We're just it trying to is 2013, 
the NFL just ended a partnership they had with who, who used to make those helmets, Rydell or whatever. Rydell. They yeah. just yeah, they just ended that part, uh, partnership with them. It's 2013, Ralph. We have we have wristwatch phones, dog. You mean to tell me that in 2013 we can't make helmets that can protect players from being receiving nope. concussions? No. Nope. You know, you know it, it's, it's, it, no, it'd be no, no, damn no, near possible, man. Because it's exactly. because of the size and the speed of the players. I mean, and it's not it's, even it's, that, Kyle. It's not even that. It's the fact that it's football is so unpredictable that somebody can hit you one specific type of like you cannot calculate mm-hmm. all of those possibilities. You're one play away. Impossible. You have a novelty you know, there. It doesn't even have to be a hit, kid. It could be the way that your head hits the ground. You yep. get a concussion from that. It, it's because just, the helmets are terrible. Give me some better helmets. <laughs> oh, come on. You were listening to this. You're the one that's far. You're the one that's far. You're the one that's far. You're the one you're listening to Dead End Sports, a place where sports opinions collide. Um, oh man, I'm loving it. I'm loving this debate, man. Um, let's let's move it over to the NBA real quick. Uh, Ken and I got into this real hot and heavy the other day on Twitter. Um, so I, and you guys are big, big NBA fans. As we mentioned earlier, the NBA tipped off tonight. Um, so I'll start with you first, B. What team is the biggest team or teams is the biggest threat to the Miami Heat needs? Oh, I'm sticking with my guns. I'm going to say Indiana, man. Indiana. Indiana, I think, is the biggest threat. And I forgot they got Scola. And he was. Yeah, he they got Scola and, uh, and Copeland. That they, the dreaded, yeah. dread kid from uh, the Knicks. He was a starting power forward for squads. And I just got him come off the old backing up David West. Man, I say Indiana. They they took him to seven. Uh, uh, MVP Derrick Rose then pushed Miami to, to seven games. They, Miami still took care of him in five, so. Mm-hmm. It might be the same outlook this season, you know, with a healthy role. Miami might you see what Miami doing to him right now, even though it's not the first game of freaking season. But right, I mean, I'm I'm sticking with Indiana, man. I don't care nobody saying if Ranger come back, you know, act like he won the ball. Oh man, I, I think Indiana gonna be dangerous, man. I, I I think they will. I'm sticking with my guns, and I'm sticking with Indiana. And in the West, I'm going. I'm sticking with Golden State. I'm sticking with them. Yeah, you call because, Golden State. You know, yeah, because you know when you got when you got a coach that player is gonna run through the wall for you. I mean, anything's possible. I mean, them them dudes believe in Mark Jackson over there, and, and, and you know with the addition of um, Andre Iguodala, and I'm telling you, Andrew Bogart, people sleep on him, man. He is a good center. And he just he just have to stay healthy. If, if Andrew Bogart can stay healthy in that front line, and then you got Harrison Barnes come off the oak, I mean, then Golden State can be a squad to be reckoned with. I'm telling you, and they and they got a good fan base. That's like. That's like playing over in Seattle at their home court, you know, at their home court. And then you got, like I said, the coach, they got those boys believing, they respect them. They'll do anything for them. So, I, hey, the sky's room for Golden State. I mean, even though it is like six or seven teams out there in the West. But, yeah, I, I'm picking Golden State for West and Indiana. to, to some, not, I mean, Miami still, but I can't see Indiana really pushing Miami to the brink again this season. Okay, what about you, uh, what about you, FIFO? Uh, who's the biggest threat to Miami in the East? <laughs> All right. Um, I, I think for me, when I, when I hear this question, it's a very multi-layered question for me. Okay. And the reason why it's very multi-layered is because as presently constructed, because I don't, I think there's a lot of teams. I think there's going to be a lot of movement in this, um, this by this trade deadline, unlike last year. I think we're going to okay. see a lot of movement. And I, I think presently constructed, I agree with the Indiana has the best equipped. Squad. I think the next best equipped is Brooklyn, 
But I'm not 100% sure how all of that is going to look, and I'm not sure yeah, on Jay Kidd. But the I personnel agree. is primed to beat Miami. Primed. Yep. I just I don't know yep. how it's all going to mesh. But yep. Indiana, presently constructed, they have the best opportunity to beat them. Yep. And then out they in the do. West, I don't think anybody presently constructed it, it can beat Miami in the West. And the reason why I say that is because I picked the Clippers to come out of the West. But the problem is J.J. Redick and Jared Dudley. What are they going to do defensively against LeBron and D-Wade? You right. see what I'm saying? So the matchup just... Is, I think that's a bit overwhelming for them, especially. Come on, both of those guys. You talking about the two best, and then they don't have nobody except for Matt Barnes coming off the bench that could really match up with a LeBron or D Wade. So I, I, I just the matchup. I, I don't know, and I think that Houston is the team out the West that can take Miami because of the size, and then they got a, a perimeter. They got perimeter guys that can make plays, and then they have the size down low. Um, but I also think Houston needs to move a piece, you know, and, and, and kind of get some more pieces on that team. And I, I think I think it's either Houston or the Clippers out west. But in the east is Indiana, man. Okay, my brother Ken. Ken, <laughs> you, you want to uh, enlighten the people with your choice or choices? Nobody. Um, I, I don't. I don't think nobody can will be able to. Can't argue for like two hours on Twitter team. about this the other day. Um, if, if if there is one team, if I have to just be an analyst for a minute, if there's one team that when I look out east that would probably cause me to 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 be a little bit more uh, cautious, it would be the Brooklyn Nets. I, I, I Brooklyn Lopez, Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Darren Williams. That them them boys are just loaded, and they hey, have people that hey, have won a hey, ring. Before. You're for, you're forgetting Andre Karolinko, man. Yeah, so it, the, them boys, if, if they gel right and don't become like um, who who, had, who was loaded? Well, anyway, if they gel, they can be a they can be a serious problem for anybody because they're just loaded from from one to five. Um, so they they they're a problem, but every, anybody else, man, I, I don't really think um, will we'll pose much of a threat to them outside of maybe. I, I do like the Rockets because I think Dwight oh, Howard yeah. by himself can cause the cause the heat problems, and we all know what James Harden can do. But um, and and you know the Rockets can threat you know space you out and shoot the three as well. But nah, man. So Ken, you don't think Indiana? Has, you don't think Indiana is a threat to Miami? That that was that was my argument with Ken the other day. I, I said Indiana, and he he Nah, can't man, I think I think Indiana. I think people are Ken, jumping on the Indiana Ken, bandwagon. Ken, these dudes went to the they was one game away from the finals, dude. One game away. And yeah, we know what happened. Right, I mean they say lost one game. You know, you know why I say Indiana's because Indiana does. Indiana has two things that Miami doesn't have. They have height and size. Miami's not as big, especially. I mean, and you know, Miami picked up Uncle Greg Oden, and I, you know, I'm not sure what we're gonna get from him, but uh, but and, and they rebound well. And Miami's not Miami. Okay. Miami's a, a decent rebounding team, but they don't go to the offensive glass no. well. And Indiana no, will kill you with offensive boards. Uh, they, had the, they had the least amount of rebounds, total rebounds in the whole NBA, and averaged the least amount. They're last. They're last. Who, Miami or, or Indiana? Yes. 
Miami. That last oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. last two years. Yeah. <clears throat> What's up, baby? Right. I'm just saying, but Ken, and this, and this team is one year smarter. They one year more experienced. Exactly. You saw you saw what Hubert did in one season from the season before to last season. He was he was a much improved player. I'm pretty sure that whole squad is smarter. Like I said, if they, they they ready. You know how most teams are. If you if you make it that close, the next year you're going to be more focused. You know, like Miami when they lost when they lost to Dallas. You know, in the finals, that next year they was more focused and they got two more championships and, and trying to fit people. I think Indiana. They are a threat. They are a threat. I mean, you can maybe not think they're going to beat them. I can agree. You know, I can say that. I can agree with you on that. But to say they're not a threat after they just took them to seven games? Come on, can you kill them? Nah, nah. And and, and, and here, here's why I say that. I say that. Because when you look at the match, do they pose matchup problems? Yes, they do. And as people yeah, love to argue, the NBA is all about matchups, right? But oh, yeah. They've had two shots, two shots at Miami and lost them both. They had, they were the up 2-1. They, they were, had, Paul George wasn't where he was at, though, that, that year. Yeah, Paul George. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't the player he was at last year. But so they year still before, had, uh-huh. Yeah, go ahead. You say still but they still had the size advantage, and they still had the toughness, oh, no. and they oh, didn't have... But what they and, and but the Miami but Miami was at a disadvantage because Miami didn't have Bosch. But what they did have was they had Batman and Nightwing who whooped the shit out of them and didn't let Indiana win another goddamn game. They hear they was up two one. Roy Hibbert was whack as hell. What are you talking about? He made a big ass improvement from that season to this past playoff season. Just right, he wack. did. Hubert was whack as hell. Hubert was whack, and Paul George wasn't the player he was then. When it was man, B. Hibbert's still whack as hell, dog. He put no, up like nine not. and something. No, he's and he not. averaged in no, the regular season. Hibbert's one of the best centers Dude. in the NBA. We're doing a bugging, dog. Are y'all serious right now? Oh, my God, dude. Hubert Hubert was showing his ass in this postseason, Ken. What were you looking at? <laughs> what are you talking about? Whoa, whoa, y'all. He was doing that Akeem Olajuwon shake. Not many centers can do that, dude. Like, not many centers can do the Akeem Olajuwon shake. B, I mean, when you when you when you when you when you when you think of you got Hibbert in the middle, you've got David West, you've got Paul George, and we we you know we still don't know what Indiana looks like with with Granger on their team, whether or not they're going right, to keep Granger. Right. If Granger can stay healthy. They picked up Scola. They picked up uh, the kid Copeland with the dreads from from the Knicks who can shoot the three. And and one of the biggest Achilles heels that people don't remember from from Indiana's playoff run last year was George Hill. They got rid of George Hill, and they picked up uh, uh, a point guard. I can't remember his name. Um, What? C.J. Watt. Yeah, yeah, C.J. Watt. Yeah, they still got George Hill. Okay, so they still got him. Okay. Yeah, they still got him. They still got him. So, you know, I I, I was Indiana. I'd trade Granger and just get like a – Get a star-studded point guard. Get Chris Paul over there or something. Well, I mean, I think Clippers signed sign him for a, a long-term deal. But yeah, he's shoot, like Indi- yeah, if Indiana would have got like Chris Paul, trade off Granger or something, and, and like a couple of first-round picks and got Chris Paul, shit, I would have been circling them. There. I would have been circling them to probably win championship. B, but you know what? Wait, look, 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 look. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. What up? First of all, let's go back to Roy Hibbert. Roy Hibbert in 2012. Averaged 12.8 points a game in the regular season. Last year, it dropped down almost a whole point to 11.9. His rebounds dropped down to 8.3 from 8.8. Not a lot, but they dropped. 
How in the hell was Hibbert balling? Yeah, he had we a good playoff well. run against Miami, well. but who tells him? You saw what Tim Duncan will do to him. But the difference this year, wait a second, the difference this year is that now we don't know what he's going to do, but they do have Odin, and if Odin is healthy in playoffs, they don't stand a shot. Ken, Ken, not one time I said anything about regular season, dude. We talking yep. about playoff matchups, Playoffs, dude. Right. I didn't say nothing about no regular season. Y'all said he was playoffs. balling last year. Nobody yeah, quantified that. No, 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 no. Yeah, you said playoffs. playoffs. All right, Look well, at the playoff numbers. Look at the playoff okay. numbers. And I'm pretty sure those 17 points that he averaged in the playoffs, I, I bet you the bulk of those came against Miami. So, no, 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 no. I, but, 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 let, let me let me ask you guys this: Who was the best player on Indiana last year in the in that series? Paul George. Paul George. Who was the second best player? Hibbert. 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 Who was the best player on Miami? LeBron. LeBron. Who was the second best player? D Wade. Who was the second best player? Dwayne, come on, man! You guys really gonna sit here and say Dwayne had a great series against Indiana? I mean, I don't have oh, the mean, numbers in front of me. He's the second best player. He, he is a second best player. It, he may be their second best player, but in that series, it really was just LeBron. It, am I am am I am I alone on that? Well, I mean, well, well, that's the elephant in the room. I mean, LeBron, and and that's the the, the factor that you have to kind of factor in. You know the the formula with uh, with with Miami is you know what you're going to get from LeBron, you know what you're going to get you know at least at last year in the playoffs you know what you're going to get from D D uh, D Wade. The problem was what you don't want is Shane Battier going six for ten from three point land. You know you don't want right. Norris Cole getting twenty. You know when those when those bitch guys get twenty points or eighteen fifteen eighteen points. That's when you lose. You can't beat you can't beat them like that. I mean, when Birdman goes for 18 points and, you know, 15 rebounds, you can't win like that. It's those guys that, you know, LeBron is the closer. He's the guy that's going to finish you. But when you look at the stat sheet, go back and look at the final stat sheet. Every game that Miami won, one of those guys were in, like, double figures. And that's how they win. It's but the here, here, guys and, like and, that. All right. Right. So let, let me walk this all the way through, right? So Okay. LeBron James was clearly the best player on that Indiana on that Miami team. Everybody every time we look up we're like, damn man, LeBron needs some help. Somebody needs to step up. Somebody needs to step up. Where's Wade? Wade's knee messed up. When those guys are healthy and playing, Indiana stands no shot. Last year Miami Miami had an easy path with it first round against the Milwaukee Bucks. After that series, Ray Allen couldn't hit a shot. Shane Battier went ghost. Dwayne Wade was clearly injured. LeBron James rarely had any help, and when he did, and we all know what happened to Chris Boss. Chris Boss disappeared. So Miami is vulnerable when it's only LeBron James, and when it's LeBron James versus the Indiana Pacers, yeah, the Indiana Pacers stand the shot. But when it's the Indiana Pacers versus the Miami Heat, a healthy Miami Heat, they don't stand a chance. They don't stand a chance. So if Ray Allen is hitting shots, and we all know he struggled last year throughout most of the playoffs, because I think he may have been missed in Boston because he's looking around, he's seeing red instead of green. You know, when Shane Battier can't hit a shot, when everybody is struggling and Wade is not healthy, that's why Indiana had as much – that's why they managed to win one more game last year than they did the year before. That's all I'm saying. 
I don't think they have a chance against a healthy Miami team. They don't send a shot, bro. Okay. Look, does that make sense? Am, am I tripping? Yeah, yeah okay. Uh, I, I think you are. Look, and, and I'm going to tell you like oh, this. Wow. Look, look, look. This, this is the reason why I'm telling you that you're tripping. Basketball, so wait, wait, wait. Before you do that, wait, wait. Before you oh, do that. Man. So, FIFO, do you not – Was wait, did Wade have problems with his knee last year? Of course. Was Wade Allen struggling? Was Shane Bader? Ken, Ken, at the end of the day, we all watch the same series you watch. Okay. And, okay. And, and, and what we can, and what I can tell you is this: basketball, like football, is putting pieces to a puzzle together. And when you have a measuring stick and you know what pieces you need to beat that, Indiana has the pieces. They didn't have the experience. They didn't have. They didn't have the 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 mainly just the experience. Like B said, Paul George's leaps year in, year out has been tremendous. So if we can project, because that's what we're doing, this is only day one of the NBA. If we look at what Paul George has done already, come on, man. Come on. Like, he's projected to be at least a top ten scorer this year. At least a top ten scorer. What position does he play? He plays LeBron's position. And all throughout the playoffs. Who played LeBron the best? And not just on the defensive side, on the offensive side. Who was giving LeBron James work? you got to make LeBron work. Because when you're a superstar in the NBA, you're never going to get shut down. The only person that can shut you down is yourself. You're going to have a bad game here or there. That's right. on you. I don't know That's if he was necessarily team. working LeBron that much. He had a couple of good players here. Because wait a second, because I I look see so you know what after I, after Cal and I had this Twitter debate, I went to YouTube and I looked at the highlights from Paul George from that conference final. Paul George had a lot of wide open shots, a lot of deep missed defensive assignments. That but, I saw. But, he, but he gave LeBron work. Yeah, he, he managed to get around him a couple of plays here or there. Yeah, come on, come on, come on. Hey, hey, hey. Stop, <laughs> oh stop understanding Paul George's game right now, Ken. Because right. you're being highly disrespectful. Highly disrespectful. Right. Putting, up 30 up, putting 30 some odd points up against Miami Heat and LeBron James. At your position, you guarded me the majority of the time. Oh, yeah, and what happened to him in game seven with LeBron James? And, and keep in mind that Dwayne Wade was guarding Le- Paul George too, bro. But when okay, when LeBron said when LeBron went up that. to Dwayne Wade and said, you know what, it's Game Seven. I got Paul George. What did Paul George do? Seven points. Man, come on. All right, he's a young player. Oh, now he get excuses. So the Miami no, he can't have excuses, well, right? What we're saying is that, that uh, what he's got a year up under his belt. Having that experience right. of getting right. to the East, they've never been that far. They, 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 won, they, won year, they won year smarter, kid. They won year experience. They, they got that under their belt. They know what it takes now, man. Like, oh, my God. Man, you see basketball teams go through this, man. It's like I can't believe yeah. you don't see it, it. It's a building like, process, man. Trust I mean, me. Look at Yeah, right. And what, what happened, look what happened to the hill. They got hit with the injury. They got hurt. They got hurt. They got hurt. But but, but look at OKC's. Which is, which is kind of what I was saying. Miami was hurt last year, and they still won. Miami was just as hurt as, as, as OKC but Ken, was. But, Ken, Ken, here's the thing. Look at OKC's ascension, right? Every year they got a step further in the playoffs, so they got to the finals. In the end of the year before, was, was only in the second round. This year they got to the finals. Yeah. 
They got to the finals. Okay, all right, so you're saying that they'll get to the finals. Look, I'm not buying it. Here's my point of view. All I'm saying is that... All I'm saying is that it was a healthy team minus Granger against a wounded team in the Heat that was not playing his best basketball. Oh, they had wounded was Wade. Really, that that's big, and Chris Bosh was was absent of getting torched. So yeah, you okay? You had one injured player down with Wade against another one with Granger. I mean, yeah, they both. Yeah, everybody else in Miami was healthy. Nah, but Indiana was, but Indiana was playing more, far more consistent. Than the Heat were. The Heat were not playing the way we were used to seeing the Heat play. Kid, Nobody, the only player person player that was like consistent. No, I, I, you know what? I, I, you know what? You know what, Kyle? I think you're right, man. And I'm gonna tell you why. Because everybody's jumping on this got on this damn Pacers bandwagon because they pose a quote unquote threat to Miami because people don't like Miami. Now, B, I know you are unbiased, FIFO. I know Miami's your squad, so I know you guys are coming from an unbiased perspective. But everybody else, man, I think hey, man, they just I'm looked at that so series. I, I, I'm just. <laughs> I just and, like that. And they're like, oh, the Pacers can do it. They said that. <laughs> they said it last year. Oh, Chicago can do it. And every year they lose. Wait, 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 wait. Look now, now, last year, who was Indiana's leading scorer all year? Well, I, don't, I don't know. Was it Paul George? It had to have been Paul George. It was either Paul George or David West. I know they both were around 18 points a game. This is not, now, this is only game one. And what did I say before I even looked up these stats? Was projecting one year better, a one year better Paul George. Do you know what his game stats were tonight? 26 sits or something. Five. Yeah, now, he can now, play, man. He can play. I like wait, Paul wait, wait, George. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, Ken. Hold on, Ken. Last year, he scraped into the All-Star game. Did 26, I mean, 20, 24, 6, and 5? That's perennial all-star numbers. Mm-hmm. You're talking, you start, you're, you're, you're scratching the level of all-time great if you average that throughout your career. He's just getting there, man. He is going to give LeBron everything he can handle. I'm not saying he's better because we all know who I think the best player on the planet is and all-time who that player is. I think it is LeBron. But yo, Paul George is right there, and you gotta give props where they're due. And he's going to give LeBron work. LeBron is gonna have to play both offense and defense, yep. and I don't care how great LeBron is. That is going to be difficult. And you're right, he's gonna have to be like D Wade of old for them to win. And this is going to be the toughest. The toughest year for them to win, man. Brooklyn is big. They're going to make the playoffs on talent alone. Mm-hmm. Off talent alone. So Miami may or may not have to see them. But, yo. Yeah, that's the, true. But the, it's it's all, a lot is going to depend on the seedings. You're, great point, Sifo. Great point. Yeah, it's going to be a rough year, man. There, it, it is going to be a rough year. It was a rough year for them last year. I think last year was harder than it was this year. Um, than it was, you know, the year before. But... Eh, you know, whatever. I I I I I, I don't see it. I think we got time for one more question. Let's get it in. Um, which players come back will have a bigger impact on their team? Uh, Derrick Rose, 
uh, Westbrook or Kobe, and why? I'll start with you first, B. Um, I was uh, between Rose Westbrook, bigger impact. Mm-hmm. Man, I guess it's Derrick Rose the easy answer. I mean, I, uh, because it's like now, I think just off, I say Derrick Rose just because off of like now, it's giving Chicago that hope that they're going to make it to the finals and pass, you know, pass LeBron and them, even though they didn't get past him with him. But I think now they feel like, you know, because during the preseason, they're like, oh, he's saying he's better, he's jumping better, he's more explosive than he was before. And everything, so I think just off that hope, I would say it'd be a bigger impact. Uh, yeah, I, I say Rose, man, be Rose. Okay, what about you, Ken? Uh, Chris Bosh. Oh wait, he wasn't answered. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, Westbrook, man, I, and here's why: the, the Chicago Bulls made the playoffs without Derrick Rose last year, and they won a first round matchup. And, you know, they played the Heat tough through five games, but it, it didn't mean anything to me because the Heat weren't playing their best basketball anyway, which carried over into the Eastern Conference Final and the Finals. But anyway, I digress. I think Westbrook, I, Durant needs Westbrook. And because even though they made the Finals, we, we clearly see that they kind of really need him to be that number two or number one guy. I think they kind of go back and forth. So, so I think Westbrook, man, uh, Durant is just, uh, he, he, he's, he's not that guy, man. He's not that guy. Wow. So, 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 so wow, so, wow, 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 wow. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I know that came out wrong. Because I love Durant. Durant's that dude, but I don't, yeah, because y'all about to tear me up. <laughs> yeah, 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 wait, wait, no, I'm not tripping. I, I love Durant. I love Durant out of, out of college. But I, I just think. When it comes to commanding and, le- and carrying a team by himself, I don't think he's learned that yet. And I think he was put in a situation last year that he wasn't quite ready for. And um, so, yeah, I think he, he kind of – I think Westbrook just takes him to the next level. Like you guys said earlier, Westbrook takes him to the finals. Durant takes them but, but, to but, wherever but, they but, have to do that. Okay, but Ken, see, now, now, this, see, now this is why – I like picking on you because there's a fatal flaw in your argument in choosing Westbrook over Rose. Now, I am no way, shape, or form going to defend Kobe because Kobe does not make any type of impact for the Lakers this year. So I'm going to leave that right there. But, Ken, I'm gonna, let me jump back on you. You said that you're not going to pick Rose because the Bulls made the playoffs without him. Mm-hmm. He got a first-round matchup. Now, you mean to tell me without Westbrook for a whole year, OKC is not a playoff team and they can't make it past the first round with just Durant? Because the Bulls had nobody near Durant's caliber of talent. And they right, and, but they have a hell of a coach. And I, and I, I, I don't know if Scott... That's a hell of a player, bro. Who? The second best player in the NBA. And if you no, no, yeah, I feel you. Player, I, I... Oh, okay. No, no, I, I I do feel you on that. All I know is they made the playoffs with Westbrook and Durant, and they lost Durant. They lost Westbrook in the playoffs. And I understand that, but okay. what I'm saying is is that with one of those superstars, right? One, they have two. Chicago only has one that made the playoffs, and he didn't even play. You mean to tell me to have the second best player in the NBA? You're not going to make the playoffs in the Western Conference. In the Western Conference. 
In the Western Conference, I, I'm not so sure it's kind of stacked. Ten. Carmelo Anthony rookie year took the Denver Nuggets that did not make the playoffs years for years before that. He took them to the playoffs in his first year, and they always made the playoffs. They never got out of the first round. You mean to tell me Kevin Durant can't make it to the play? The second best player in the league? What I am saying is that Westbrook, I think Westbrook, Westbrook will make more of an impact because with Westbrook, they are a finals team. And, and, and with and with and with Rose, and without them, they're a playoff the team. Okay, fine. Team well. And without them, they're a playoff team. But with them, they're, they're they can go to the finals they're and they contender. can win it. They they're can win contender. it. Okay, just like Westbrook. But I'm just saying, OKC doesn't. But, really but, but, but Rose doesn't make the does. Chicago Bulls a finals team. Huh? Derrick Rose makes the Bulls a finals team. Okay, he hasn't yeah, been, yeah. so that's that's out of there. <laughs> <laughs> You know what, man, boy. <laughs> you are listening man. to Dead End Sports. Once again, I'm your host, 12 Kyle. This is Dead End Sports. I'm joined by my co-host, uh, my man, Beezy, FIFO, and Ken. Uh, we ask that you tell a friend to tell a friend that Dead End Sports is on the air each and every Tuesday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. In the event you cannot check out the show live, make sure that you check out the archives at blogtalkradio.com backslash Dead End Sports. Uh, you can also catch it out. Catch it on a uh, on speaker as well, um, man. Do we have time? For, I don't think we have time for another question. Um, <laughs> let's go with uh, quick closing shots. Uh, Ken, closing shots. Twenty seconds. <laughs> uh, Miami Heat, man. Three peak. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Who me? Yeah, FIFO. Oh, Paul George is going to be eating a lot of cookies. He's going to be eating them. I hope Ken play fantasy basketball. Don't get Paul George, and Paul George is the reason why he loses. <laughs> Are you guys playing fantasy basketball? I'm not. Yeah, I'm neither not. am I. I tried it one year. I was terrible. What about you, B? Um, I beat people going to fantasy football. I, lo- I went one for two against Ken. I, lo- I beat him in one league and lost him in another league. Uh, you know, uh, team bounce back this week. Hope we get the W. Uh, let's go Pistons. Let's beat it. Get that six or seven seed in the NBA season. And um, glad he gave it back. And my my closing shots, man. It's 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 it's, it's kind of sad in the, in the city of Atlanta, man. I mean, Falcons not doing well. Hawks not doing. Hawks not gonna do well. Um, I really don't know what to look forward to, man. I mean, I guess Thanksgiving is around the corner. Um, <laughs> so that's all I got. Uh, just looking forward to Thanksgiving and and, and uh, but one thing I am looking forward to uh, this Saturday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, um, Florida State, baby. Uh, the Seminoles uh, take on the Miami Hurricanes. Um, you want to be in front of the TV checking that out? My team up against people's team. Uh, once again, that's it for this week. Uh, for my man FIFO, for BZ, and my man Ken, uh, I am your host, Twelve Kyle. This is Dead End Sports. We'll holler at you guys next week. Peace. 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 Peace.